You are listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast out of Wesley Seminary at Iwoo. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Assistant Professor of Pastoral Care. Before you leave, make sure to ask yourself this question. Which is tougher, having a tough conversation or packing your basement? That question was posed to me uh, at a conference by someone I was just sitting at a round table with when I asked him how he had spent uh, 30 plus years in ministry at one church. And he said, I always just ask myself the question, well, what's going to be tougher, to have a tough conversation or to pack my entire basement? He said, it's always been easier to have the tough conversation. So I've stuck around and he's still uh, thriving at this local church. That quick conversation got me thinking about, boy, what does it really take to have longevity in ministry at one church? So I gathered up a few people who have had success in doing just that, who have spent 20, 30, and even longer plus years at one local church, and we wanted to get their insight about how they did it, and then what was it like to leave a ministry after that amount of time. So joining us today are pastors uh, Lawrence Croswell, Jeff Wallace, uh, Professor Mark Wilson. Uh, I'll, inter- I'll ask you to introduce yourselves in just a moment, but welcome, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for being on this podcast. It's great to be with you today. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Mark, why don't you start us out just by saying, uh, where were you in your previous ministry and where are you now? Well, I was in uh, Hayward, Wisconsin, Hayward Wesleyan Church. I was there for 26 years. And this past July, I uh, packed my basement (laughs) and I went to uh, Southern Wesleyan University, a place that has um, about uh, 70 degrees that they don't offer up at University of Wisconsin. That's called 70 degrees in January, right? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm training pastors now uh, down at at SWU. Fantastic. Uh, Pastor Lawrence, where were you and where are you now? Well, I pastored Centennial Road uh, Church here in Brockville for uh, 40 years. And uh, so after 40 years, I felt that was time to move on. And uh, so I am originally from uh, Alberta, Canada. I was appointed to become the uh, Western uh, Canada representative for our district. And they gave me a a a title assistant superintendent whatever that means <laughs> and uh, so 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 i'm uh, i'm helping to mentor some of our small churches in alberta and i know you've had some success with a uh, mentoring uh, one of our church really restarts in in edmonton that's had some some success in doing some really fantastic inner city ministry which maybe should be another podcast but thanks for joining us um, and and just so our listeners know, that's Brockville in Ontario, about two hours north of Syracuse. Uh, so we've got some uh, from the Western United States, and then we've got Central Canada experience. And uh, Pastor Jeff, share us share with our listeners a little bit uh, where where were you and where are you now? Well, I served for 23 years as pastor of youth development at a church called Peace Baptist Church in Decatur, Georgia, which is. Uh, pretty much kind of inner city Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, it was a cool experience to see uh, three sixth grade classes graduate from high school. Uh, the latter part of my tenure there at Peace, I, was, I transitioned to the executive pastor um, there at our church. 
And so uh, it was really um, amazing journey. Uh, my pastor was my youth pastor growing up. So we, we've known each other since I was 16. Uh, I currently serve as um, the executive director for a organization called Student Leadership University in Orlando, Florida, which is a faith-based experiential leadership training program that uh, helps uh, students really put their future into focus and change the way they think, dream, and lead from the feet of Jesus. So what we do is we have some unforgettable experiences with top-notch executive leadership training um, that we provide students from all over the country. We take them from, it's a four level program. The first one is in Orlando. First level is here in Orlando. Uh, the second level, we take them to Washington DC. The third level, we take them to Europe. So we'll, we'll go to Paris, London, Oxford, and Normandy. And then the fourth and final level is in Israel and Jordan because as an organization, we believe that leadership begins and ends at the feet of Jesus. So. Um, it's an incredible journey. I just got here Memorial Day weekend, uh, 10 days of rain. And then we met a lady named uh, Irma, Hurricane Irma came through. And so uh, that was quite an experience for my family and I. Oh, my. Well, welcome to Florida then, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with you, uh, uh, Professor Mark. Um, very simply, um, how were you able to stay so long? <laughs> you know, I, I had a patient congregation, I think. <laughs> um, relationships, they run deep. And I think that um, if a pastor doesn't take himself or herself too seriously, and, but takes God seriously, but not themselves, um, you know, to not let um, junk stand in the way uh, relationally, to try to keep, you know, short um, uh, amends maybe with, with people, you know, if, if things get messed up, you go quickly to, to, to take care of it. I think that's a big piece of it. Um, another piece for me was uh, I needed to, uh, to continually create. I had to, to keep uh, recreating uh, myself and my philosophy and my thinking, the programming and all that. Uh, otherwise, if you don't, it gets stale. And so um, that creative process, I think, is essential for a long haul ministry. Same question to you, Pastor Lawrence. How were you able to stay so long? Well, for me, the most important thing was vision. I came to this church uh, when I was 24. And uh, I had a vision of where we wanted to go. We were a very, very small church. In fact, we were probably looked upon in the city as, as a cult. You know, it was one of those old holiness churches down by the railroad track. And not too many people took us seriously. But I had a vision. And during the ups and the downs, I stuck with that vision. And I would say that was the most important thing for me to stay here long haul. Because even when things got difficult, and they did, uh, that's just part of being here for 40 years, and uh, stuck with it and stuck to it, and uh, God uh, was able to bring us through any any difficulties. And uh, so that that's my main, that's my main item for staying long haul. If, if, if I didn't have a vision, I'd have been gone, because I did write on my calendar twice, resign. 
<laughs> uh, <when> <laughs> So we're hearing. I literally did. I wrote it on my calendar for for down the line. But but vision was most important for me. So we're hearing uh, vision is necessary. I'm hearing from Mark the sense of taking God seriously, but not ourselves too seriously. Being intentional about fostering and repairing relationships uh, along the way. Uh, to to you, Jeff. Let's say we have people who are listening in, and it's their first, second, third, fourth kind of year in a place. Maybe they're in a honeymoon stage. Maybe they're beyond it. Uh, maybe they're in a honeymoon stage and saying, "Boy, I want to be here for twenty plus years." Maybe they're beyond it and saying, uh, "You know, I've done what Pastor Lawrence has said and, and written their the date to resign on their on their calendar." If you had somebody coming to you and saying, "What's what is one thing I need to know?" Maybe not to stay for twenty years, but just to extend out my the longevity of my ministry. Uh, what would you say? What's one thing they would need to know? Oh, that perspective is everything. I think that, um, you know, uh, in this leadership journey that we're on, we have to recognize that it is a marathon and not a sprint. And uh, and so as you are preparing, you know, your leadership journey or if you're in the midst of it, I think is is vitally important that you understand that you got to pace yourself. Because in every leadership journey, uh, there's three levels of it. You're either in the midst of a storm or craziness, uh, you're coming out of one, or you're preparing to go into one. And so I think when you, you keep that perspective before you, it makes those difficult times um, when you're in the midst of it, it, it makes it a little bit easier for you to, to handle that. I think um, also as leaders, I would say, cha you know, challenge yourself, you know what I mean? Uh, for me, uh, it was it was cool that I could be in a position where I, um, I was able to not get too big headed when we had great growth and momentum. Um, I was able to also inspire our staff to keep pushing when we were in a, you know, a season of decline. But then I also had to challenge our team to say, how do we recreate ourselves when we were in those moments of plateau? And so I think you, perspective is everything when you're um, you're in that leadership journey. And like I said, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, yeah, I'd like to add something to that. This is Mark. Um, I, I, I totally agree with that about the perspective. And I think another perspective for a long tenured pastorate is uh, to see yourself as a pastor of the entire community rather than just a local congregation. And when we become myopic and we think about just the local congregation and our, all of our energy and attention is there, then we lose our steam. But if we, if we see the entire community as our parish, uh, well, man, that gives us all kinds of opportunities. Just every single day there's something new. And, and I think that's an exciting way to look at it. Back to you, uh, Mark, and I'd encourage uh, Lawrence and Jeff to, to jump in on this as well. But um, what would you say was the most uh, important relationship within the church that you had to foster? So we'll, we'll take, uh, if, if our, our pastors or listeners are married, we'll take that one off the, off the table for now. But what would you say was the most important relationship that you fostered that kept you in the game, that, that kept uh, that longevity of ministry thriving and going? Uh, his name was Steve. It still is Steve, but he's just not my uh, my main guy uh, at the church anymore. But um, from the very beginning, he was the first person I met, and uh, he he had the authority. He he really did. I I came in. I was just a kid from California. I had no authority, but Steve did, and 
as he and I built relationship with each other, um, then he gave me his authority. Mm. Um, so I, we, we ended up partnering together on all kinds of things. And even today, I would consider him uh, just a dear, dear friend. The very, probably my, my best friend besides my wife. Um, and, and, and he's the one. I, if, if he wasn't in favor of something, I wasn't going to try to push it through, at least at first. Um, I, I needed to run it by Steve always. Same question to you. Yeah. I think, or, go ahead, John. Uh, I think for me, I'm sorry. I, I think for me, you know, I, I'm the the benefactor of somewhat of a Paul and Timothy type of relationship with my senior pastor. You know, um, these great men that are on this call, which I so admire. I mean, they're they've been in that uh, senior pastor role for me. Um, I was uh, as pastor of youth development, which for us was kind of like a family pastor, and then. Um, being an executive role, you know, but having a healthy relationship with my senior pastor was so very important because I think that uh, when it comes to support staff, support pastors, you have to, you know, um, have a shared vision with your pastor. And so you can't run ahead of them. You know, you you don't want to undermine his leadership. And, and so I think that was probably um, one of the most valuable uh, relationships that I had. And, and I think it helped uh, when we had those those stressful moments in ministry because of the relationship we had, you know, we were able to kind of, you know, uh, push one another. Uh, you know, he continued to be my mentor. Uh, he gave me a great book to read as we were as I was transitioning uh, from pastor youth development to us uh, to executive pastor. It was a book entitled "Leading from the Second Chair" by Roger uh, Patterson. Uh, and so, so um, that for me was and still is. I mean, he's. Uh, great mentor of mine. Uh, that was probably the single most valuable relationship uh, that I think I had in my leadership journey, and it helped me to stay as long as I did. So hearing people that were able to either either structurally in authority over you or people who relationally had author the authority, had the, the pulse of the church as being uh, key relationships early on and then throughout your longevity. Uh, Pastor Lawrence, it, most important relationship for you in your longevity of ministry? When uh, we came to Brockville, there was a small Bible college in Brockville called Brockville Bible College, of course. And the principal there of this small Bible college attended our church, and he was entirely enthusiastic and also uh, a man of vision as well. And uh, he took my wife, Faye, and I off to uh, Detroit to the big Sunday school conventions and uh, other places like that and said, we can do it. You can do it. To give you a, a, an example of when we decided that it was time to move away from the uh, railway tracks where our little church was, we were buying property and we were buying three and a half acres outside of town. He said, that's not big enough. Uh, we're, we're going to do better than that, and, and we bought 40 acres. We didn't want to get stuck for parking ever again. so uh, without his enthusiastic support and his uh, mentoring us and pushing us out and uh, allowing us to see that uh, you could have a church of 800, uh, we wouldn't be where we, where we are, and he thought big and stretched us and uh, we, we owe a, an awful lot to his uh, mentorship. 
Pastor Lawrence, let's stick with you for a moment on this question and then invite uh, Mark and, and Jeff in as well. Um, obviously, there is lo- longevity of ministry and, and um, heavily invested, as Mark said, in, in the church and in staff and in community as well. How did you know it was time to make a transition from current ministry to something new? Turning 65. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I'd spent 40 years here, and uh, we we you know went through another transition. Our we were part of the Standard Church, it was called at that time, and we merged with the Wesleyan Church. Uh, I was 65. There was many. There were many changes, and and uh, so I just felt it was time to to move on to something else. Uh, I'd spent 40 years in one location. Uh, it's it's really a small venue in terms of uh, demographics and population and I just felt there was there was more and it was time to move on and we've stayed we stayed here and we're still involved in the local church for sure but uh, I have a much wider ministry now in into western Canada and uh, some other churches that we help and mentor as well yeah so a sense of um Sensing transition and then seeing how you might be able to expand the influence and, and leverage what you'd learned in that time for for other for other people. Kind of like that tipping point had been that that uh, you were able to take what you had now learned and invest that, pour that into other people. Uh, how about uh, for you, Mark? How did you know it was time to move on? Oh, that was the hardest thing I think I've ever went through in my entire life uh, to come to that realization because. I loved my church and I loved the community. Um, My whole ministry really was invested there. Uh, But it just became increasingly evident over a period of time. I think uh, part of it was um, the church needed some new vision. I could see it. um, It's starting to sag in certain areas that isn't what, it should be, and and I knew that it needed this attention. In fact, I I quit traveling and speaking and writing and everything, and for two years I just gave everything to to the church, and it actually uh, had an adverse effect. <laughs> it went, went the wrong direction, and I'm thinking, what is going on with this? And and so I I remember going on a vision retreat. It was one year and uh, a month ago, somewhere in there. Um, I went on this personal vision retreat because I knew we needed fresh vision. And I prayed and I waited three days just waiting to hear from the Lord for what he wanted for the church. And he didn't give it to me. He didn't give it to me. And as I was driving home without this, I, I, I couldn't understand. And then, then it hit me. It dawned on me. On my drive home, I knew he didn't give me the vision because I wasn't the one to carry it out. Wow. That it needed to be somebody else. Uh, I I suppose, you know, like to do what needed to be done, to take it to where it needed to go, there's a certain amount of capacity and energy that was required to do that. And as I looked at where I was with my capacity and my energy, um, it wasn't there. And so I, I think that, that God gives you grace for what he calls you to do. He just really gives this 
beautiful grace and he gave it to me for 26 years. Well, 25 years. <laughs> and, but on year 26, there was a decreasing grace for that. Uh, like the, and, and I, I just knew. I just knew I, I, my passion for it and my my heart for it. Uh, it's interesting, you know, that when I I gave it, I gave up everything else just to focus on the church. I thought that that would ignite that, but it didn't. It didn't. And so when I when I left, I I wasn't sure which direction I was going with it. I mean, I I I knew that that I needed to step aside for somebody else to carry out the vision for the next chapter. Um, God gave me though this beautiful new position here where I can invest in young uh, students, uh, emerging pastors and travel and speak and write and do all the things that gave life to me that I had put on the back burner. Let me uh, shift to one final question and I'll ask you to start this one, Jeff, but I'd really love to hear from each of you in it. Uh, I had a, a leader in my denomination tell me one time that he had a rule of thumb, which was never follow a hero. Never follow a hero. And he was talking about pastors in ministry. And, and I think that each of you would qualify as heroes in ministry, that you went to a church, uh, God gave you uh, vision and excitement and energy, um, gave you uh, wisdom to know how to work with and to lead the people there. And you had tremendous runs of ministry, not just not just long runs, but fruitful and effective runs as well. So in a sense, I think you are all heroes in ministry. And yet you've had people that have followed you in those roles. Here's, so I have a, a two-part uh, kind of question is, what would you say to somebody who has left uh, the ministry and how they might still support it? Or what, what's the best way to support the ministry that they've just left? And what would you say to the person who followed you in how can you best access the wisdom of the person who preceded you. So how can heroes uh, maintain this kind of supportive role of the church? And how can those who follow heroes uh, access the wisdom and the knowledge of the hero who preceded them? Uh, Jeff, uh, any reflections that you would have on those questions? Yes, that's a great question, Aaron, by the way. Um, you know, probably answer, my answer will probably kind of uh, be a combination a response to both questions. I think it's important that um, regardless of if you sense the call uh, from God to transition out or not, even in the midst of ministry, you should always uh, create a system that is transferable. Um, and uh, because I think a transferable system is a sustainable system, meaning that, you know, you've got to always have the vision written down. So for me, uh, when I really sensed that God was calling me to, to transition, you know, I wanted to make sure that whoever came, uh, you know, behind me, they were set up well. Um, I think that if the ministry dies when you leave, then, uh, you know, that's a then that means that your leadership wasn't the best or as bad, as good as you thought it was. And so I think that, you know, it's important that even as you're setting up for this one who's coming behind that you start that process beforehand. So for me, you know, I really wanted to make sure that um, I set a calendar a program calendar uh, for the next kind of year or so for the incoming guy. But then after I left, so we, we uh, moved down to, to um to uh orlando in may 
but I officially kind of stepped down in January. And from January to May, what I wanted to do is I wanted to behind the scenes kind of walk alongside Mike, who is our, our new student pastor. And, and I didn't want to be there because I've been at the church for 20 plus years years. And so if I was there in our student services, if I was there in our adult ministry, then people would just naturally kind of, you know, uh, come to me for questions. But I really wanted to set Mike up well. So so what I did was I moved, I pushed away and I stopped kind of attending our, our church there. And I just kind of mentored and walked Mike through uh, the process from January uh, through May. And then I shared with them, I said, hey, here are some people that I want to connect you with here in Atlanta that can really kind of take you to the the next level. So we, there was kind of this distant mentorship that I provided for him as well as I resourced him with um, all that he needed from a programming standpoint. And I just think that that's super vital um, because you don't want to, you know, I mean, because your flesh, I mean, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, you know, there's a part of your flesh that says, oh, I want people to miss me. You know, but I, you know, it's just not godly. You know, you want the, you want God's kingdom to still be advanced and the ministry still be healthy, and even better when you, when you leave. And so, um, I walked with him for some months. Um, you know, gave him complete access to me. He asked me a lot of questions. We met once a month, uh, just to kind of go over some things. I had documents and like a manual that he can kind of go through. Um, and, and I just thought it was it was good to do that. And so when I was gone from Atlanta, he was able to really kind of take it and really, really run with it. And I just think that um, it's super important that you set your successor up well. And uh, so that's kind of uh, the process that we went through. And even now, I mean, we've been here since May, even now. Um, uh, I oversee a, a, um, on a conference called the Youth Pastor Summit here, and I'll bring Mike down and his team down and, and just kind of provide opportunities to coach him and mentor him still and, and just continue to resource him because I want to see peace, you know, do well for the years to come. And actually, I really want it to go. I want to see it, it, it become um, a better ministry than it was when I was there. And so uh, that was kind of the process that we set up. Boy, it sounds like humility is such an important part of of leaving well and and um, setting the other person up for success, so that your your own ego isn't still riding on on how it goes, and, and especially that kind of um, paradoxical way that if, if things decline in your in your absence, that maybe you can have this sense of boy, I, I really was that important. But but I'm hearing you describe this humility that says it's not about you. It's about the mission. It's about the, right. the mission of the church, the kingdom of God, continuing to be fruitful and effective and growing in that church. And how do you simply still come, come alongside both from a distance or through encouragement? Um, Pastor Lawrence, I'd like to ask you the same question as well. And, and just to share with our listeners, uh, Pastor Lawrence was the pastor at the church before um, – my uh, senior pastor, Eric Hallett, and I arrived uh, just after him, and, and I, I learned a lot from you, Lawrence, in how you maintained uh, this sense of encouragement and support, and were really such a cheerleader uh, for the people, the leaders that came after you. Uh, so share with our, our listeners, what would you suggest, how, did, how could people who follow a hero access their wisdom, and how could these leaders who are, these leaders who are heroes who are leaving, how can they continue to invest in those who come behind them? Well, I think uh, there is the whole uh, uh, thought of, of, of humility that you are not 
you're 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 not the uh, the key to the ministry, really. You know, it's the Holy Spirit and God. Mm. Uh, so you just have to have a proper perspective on your own your own life and your own ministry, your own gifts. Uh, when that new pastor comes in, uh, you can either make it, make him or her, or break them. Wow. Uh, when I came back to the church after being away for well, we were away for about six months. And when I when I came in the door for the first time, somebody met me at the door with a problem and said, "What do you think of this?" Uh, that's the time to uh, <laughs> to back off and not involve yourself in in those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think publicly, uh, we we were cheerleaders for the new pastor uh, when they first came. We were there for the first service. We did a transition with our superintendent. We uh, we uh, did our best to make make them feel that they were the leaders, and and we still do some things within the church now. I'm just doing uh, a a program we call it Ladies Night Out, and I'm I'm the point person here, so it it runs about 300, so it's it's a pretty good size, and it's tomorrow night actually. I make sure that the senior pastor is there. And he is the one who invites everybody to enjoy themselves, and we have him lead in prayer. So we we place him in a place of respect. And I, I think I think the uh, important thing is to show respect, uh, to show uh, the ability to follow his or her leadership. And uh, I, I think that's very important. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the Lord's work. And we want to see it in, we want to see this church grow from where we left off. Hmm. Mark, I'll, I'll send the same question to you, but I'll, let me just uh, kind of open it up. So after you have a chance to reflect on that, I'll, I'll open it back up. Uh, joining us today are Mark Wilson, Lawrence Croswell, and Jeff Wallace, all who have been pastors at churches for longer than 20 and even uh, 20 years and even 40 years uh, in, in one case here. Uh, Mark, any, any, reflections that you would have on how heroes can support those coming behind them or how those who are following a hero might access their wisdom. And then any any final words that you would have for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I think the idea of respect that was mentioned earlier is, is key. And that respect goes both directions. So the leaving pastor needs to be respectful of the new pastor and supportive. The, like I want to be the number one cheerleader of our new pastor. We don't have one yet uh, in Hayward, but I am. I'm cheering them on from a distance. I'm not involved or meddling in it, but I I want to be an encourager in this deal. Uh, not taking negativity or anything like that. If if anybody tries to do that, that's not where what I want to do. I'm just you know support all the way. I think a a big piece of this, one thing I hope for uh, when things settle is that the new pastor won't, will will see me as a friend and a support and not an intimidation uh, because I'm not at all. And I totally want that person to succeed. And so, um, you know, I, I hope that someday down the road, um, I'll be able to come back, you know, just to, to encourage and bless, I, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm hopeful that um, the person who comes in doesn't feel this weirdness or something, you know, because 
it's on my end it's not there at all um i i i think that that's important so the for the leaving person not to meddle and to be respectful for the incoming person to not be intimidated or insecure but just to to use the outgoing person as an ally um as far as a parting shot um i think that it's important that if if you lose your 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 steam for it to not coast there's only one direction to coast and that's downhill um so so if 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 it comes to that and there were a few times where i you know i i i felt like i was hitting a hill or a wall or something but then god recreated new energy within me for the new chapter but if that new energy doesn't recreate it's best for the church um to move forward, to move on, so to let another person uh, fill that spot, and that's that's not a failure, that's that's success, yes. and so I, I think it's important to discern that. I think way too many people quit too soon. Um, they they quit when trouble comes, or they quit when there's a hard conversation, but um, that that's not the, the the thing. It's 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 deeper than that. It goes way deeper than that. But when that deep down thing happens. Um, you owe it, I think, to to God and to yourself to be honest about that. Aaron, can I, it's Lawrence, could I say something? Absolutely. I think uh, listening to uh, the comments, we talk about respect, and, and I think the respect goes two ways. First of all, as an outgoing pastor, I respect the new pastor coming in, and I'm his cheerleader, and I'm I'm honoring him. On the other hand, that incoming pastor needs to respect and honor uh, the the former pastor who's been there 20 to 40 years because there is there are some deep feelings in that congregation for that pastor and if they would if they if if they ascertain any negative thoughts toward that pastor or they they sense that that uh, the new pastor is is belittling him or her whatsoever that will cause difficulties within the congregation so it's it's a it's a mutual respect and support and honoring of one another jeff i'll give the uh, the last word to you today uh, a parting parting wisdom for our uh, listeners some of whom are maybe discerning is it time to go some of them are saying how do i stay here for for that kind of length of time what's the last thing that you would like our our listeners to know uh with this conversation in mind well, I think the the biggest thing is, um, you know, remain prayerful. And, uh, you know, I think it, from a spiritual standpoint, I think our connectivity to the Lord uh, is what helps us discern when it's time to go um, and, and whether it's time to stay and just keep fighting. But when you hear the voice of the Lord saying it's time to go, I think, you know, you have a responsibility and obligation to yourself, to your family, and to the church to do so, because sometimes, and I think it's already been said, sometimes that, you know, uh, we stay too long and, and we get in the way of doing what God is is uh, ultimately calling us to do and what God ultimately wants the, the church or organization that we're part of to do. And so I think, you know, trust, you know, I would say stay prayerful. And the second thing I'll say is to trust the process. You know, have the hard conversations. The one of the most difficult conversations I ever had in my life was with my senior pastor. But um, but I, I 
I thought that it was going to go. Um, I thought it was going to be really disappointed and hurt and angry, but, you know, um, God had already spoken to him. And so I think you, you have to trust the process. And then, and, and then finally, my last thing is enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy the journey. Um, there's so much that um, God will reveal to you. He'll show you there's things uh, that he's going to uncover that you didn't think would uh, would come or things that he's going to show you that you didn't think were going to be there. And then I guess my last thing is know that as you are transitioning out of something, and it's kind of already been, a, we've alluded to it already, is that that incoming leader, he may, he, he or she, they may do something that's different from what you do. And that's okay. You know, I think, you know, you have to say, hey, this is who God is calling to to be my successor at this time and I'm not going to dip back into it and try to to change them to to do what I was doing you know or do it the way I was doing it so those are just a few things that I would just say um you know as you are if, if any of you out there you're contemplating it you're thinking about it you're praying about it you know just just um trust the process <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. I would say some of my takeaways from this are this this mutuality of respect, which really delves us into a, a ecclesiology, right? What does it mean to be the church and leadership of that? Um, certainly taking away, Mark, your, your phrase of it hit you that the Lord did not give you a vision. Uh, but that practice of a vision retreat, I think, I think is one that is is helpful and certainly one that I'll, I'll deploy at some point in my own in my own life. Um, so gentlemen, thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your experiences with us. Certainly uh, this longevity in ministry is is more art than science. And I think some of your stories uh, help us to reflect on the, the art that, uh, that God is, is drawing through us and helping us to reflect on and then giving us wisdom to, to play out in our own ministries. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining in today. It's always a delight that you are accessing these resources. And we do, as Wesley Seminary, want to come alongside you to uh, help you, support you, let you know that you are thought of in a variety of ways. And we hope that these resources help you in the art of ministry leadership and um, having fruitful and long longevity in ministry. So thanks so much for joining us in today. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, uh, Jeffrey. And certainly wish you all the best and wish our listeners to have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.